Hello, and welcome to the Lost Hour Podcast. Uh, this is your weekly, it seems like at the moment, uh, podcast uh, featuring me, Alanara, and my co-host, Eric Sayor. It's Friday night and I'm drinking bourbon. Everything mm-hmm. is great, more or yeah. less. <laughs> Everything is great for the next hour, and then we get back to real, real stuff. Right. <laughs> then we have to deal with the crushing pain of existence. Uh, yeah. But but we're here now um, in the in the magical land of podcasts, um, where we get to talk about movies um, and whatever the hell we want. Yes. Uh, uh, let's do it. Maybe non a lot of non movie stuff this time, maybe. Uh, yeah. But yes, yeah, speaking of the uh, crushing nature of existence, <laughs> uh, we did watch uh, both watch uh, Charlie Kaufman's new movie on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, um, yeah, a, a very interesting movie. Uh, what did you think? I'm um, curious. The, that, there's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'll start by saying um, I always have enjoyed, uh, I guess, the style of his movies, movies both that he's written and movies that he's directed. Um, and it's to me, it's never been off-putting or unapproachable. Um, but I'm always befuddled by what other people find off-putting. Uh, we've talked many times about like Inherent Vice and how people call that one of the most confusing movies they've ever seen, and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the same film. Um, so yeah, like this movie was just, it was inviting to me, actually. It felt uh, yeah. kind of comfortable in parts. Um, in parts. <laughs> Not all of it, <laughs> obviously. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting movie. Uh, I, I actually loved it. I, I think it's my favorite movie of the year. If I have to pick the one. Uh, it's like he makes... Especially his uh, his uh, the movie he's directed are just mm-hmm. like my kind of movie and movie yeah. that speak to me directly and so much that was that this movie was about even if it wasn't about uh, that like um, was just just talking to me um, mm-hmm. I can em- empathize incredibly with both the characters but also like his mm-hmm. real his um, understanding of like relationship and uh he, the existentialist nature of them um yeah it's it's very i found it very interesting but all very good and also very watchable like it's yeah. it's just a lot of the scenes by themselves are just engaging and interesting and um even when it like the movie is trying to be its most uncomfortable it's never like uh, making your skin crawl uncomfortable. It's more like, uh, why, why am I watching this uncomfortable? <laughs> Which yeah. is in the in the best way possible. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you've never seen this movie, uh, it's uh, adapted from a book, which is more of a thriller. Um, mm. Uh, in the movie isn't really uh, is more like of a drama, a surrealist drama. So it, it never feels yeah. there's never uh, there, there's like some tension of like what is going on, but mm-hmm. there's it never uh, is trying to like stress you out about what's gonna happen in that uh, in like in the way a thriller usually does. Like you're never expecting someone to just die, right? Right. Um, no, it's more like. The anxiety of the moments that this movie is depicting, um, mixed with like a general disorientation, um, uh, that is uh, a part of the movie. Um, yeah, just, and I mean more, I guess, more stylistically. Um, just like a feeling that you're, you're again, it's very surrealist that you're like in another place that you're not necessarily in. The real world, but parts of it feel so um, attached to real uh, moments in time that we, we can all appreciate. Um, yes. 
Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It it it. So it it starts like uh, it's 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 only has like basically five actors in it, plus mm-hmm. like some uh, some small bits. But it, you're you're following uh, Jesse Plemons and uh, Jesse Buckley, who's uh, both are incredible in this movie. Yeah. Both are like actors that I, I every time I see them, they feel like they get better, and this is like mm-hmm. just amazing performances. Uh, they play uh, this couple where uh, Jesse Buckley's character is uh, visiting um, her boyfriend's parents for the first time and meeting the parents, and they, the parents are played by Tony Collette and uh, David Tolis. Tolis, um, uh, yeah, I yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and and immediately uh, the the story is told from the point of view of the young woman. Uh, she's like narrating. Um, her thoughts are being uh, are work as narration of what is happening, and at the same time, she's having a yeah. conversation with uh, her boyfriend in the car, and it's she's having like the, those two conversations at the same time, like a conversation with her boyfriend, yeah. and then the dialogue with the viewer, basically about mm-hmm. what is happening uh um and when she when she gets there uh then uh, the nature of what is happening starts <laughs> really changing and mm-hmm. uh, time gets distorted uh physics don't really make sense mm-hmm. um but it's especially time so she's talking yeah. to so she she's basically Teleporting from one space to another, more or less without yeah. without without us seeing the movement, but without uh, in a, shown in a way that the movement isn't happening. So it's it's very mm-hmm. uh, it's very interesting depiction of like time and uh, uh, j- just being completely out of scope and uh, in a way that I don't think I've seen in them. Like I've seen stuff like that before in like mm-hmm. surrealist movie, but uh, I, I, this. The movement, especially, I, I found very, uh, very like that. This is the, at that point, I'm like super into the movie. I'm like, I want to understand yeah. what really is going on because, uh, what what reason would like time be completely fucked up in this house? And then you realize it's not just the house; it's just mm. her. Yeah, it, it's like if a majority of the movie uh, were that scene at the very end of 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, where David is experiencing all of time at once. Um, yes. But nothing like that at the same time. <laughs> it, it's uh, very similar, but also completely different. Um, but you're, you're getting a lot of those same feelings of just like, I don't fully comprehend what's going on, but the the movie, I feel like it gives you all the information you need yeah. to like put it together. Um, and that's, I think that's part of why I love charlie kaufman's writing so much like he 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 puts it on the table for you to put it all together and figure yeah. it all out yeah this felt i thought this movie would be a lot more um uh, hard to understand what is actually going on and i think if you don't pay too much attention to the details and you're just watching uh their relationship and watching these characters in what they're doing uh, it still is engaging on that level mm-hmm. uh, because that is more important. I I feel like that the overall yeah. overarching plot um, because so we'll get into some spoilers. I think because I, I don't think it's possible to yeah. talk about this movie without uh, without talking about like what's happening in it. <laughs> I mean, I'll just say this. Do you think we're not going to talk about the pig? Do you think we're, we got we got to talk about the pig? Or something? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff where it's like, no, we need to talk about that. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, the other character I didn't mention is a, a, a janitor in a school mm-hmm. um, that uh, the, whose life, um, not like not his whole life, but whose events in his life, uh, him like basically being a janitor in a school. Uh, is you cut in between the scene of them to scenes of him um uh until like the end of the movie where uh he goes to his truck after finishing cleaning the school and then is greeted by a ghost pig and uh, (laughs) that he follows around in the school that brings him to (laughs) 
<laughs> just like this is a moment where like physically like you had the perception of time that was uh not very different and you have like yeah. a, a big musical number as well that's like what am i the movie like shifts really shifts at the end uh mm -hmm. but yeah this is the moment where like okay i'm <laughs> one i understand what's going on but two also there's a ghost thing it's really cool right you're like is, is he gonna lead him into the black lodge in a second here because it would make complete and total sense. yes yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't be out of place in this movie um yeah like it's it's very strange also the man uh in question the uh, you know, uh, he, he's a big fella. Uh, yeah. The janitor, uh, he is naked. Uh, oh, yeah. Pick. That's an important detail that we have to put in there. Um, uh, yeah, it's great. So, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fantastic way to end the movie. Is that how it ends? Yes. Or, yeah. it, it ends then. Uh, you have like an older uh, Jesse Plimons with like makeup uh, in front right. of the crowd where everyone has make like everyone's like young but with make right. older people makeup on in a theater where he's receiving a Nobel prize and then makes a speech and then just uh sings a song and goes to bed and then the movie ends so uh so <laughs> maybe you got the what the movie was about but what we said and i'd be surprised but like uh, physically the movie is about uh a man who's dying who's at the end of his life and whose mm -hmm. memory of uh, and whose whose memory uh isn't other anymore and he's mixing up events and he's mixing up people and it's mm -hmm. uh jesse buckley plays basically the relationship of uh all the mix of like all this ma man's failed relationship and uh, mm -hmm. throughout the movie, like her name changes when she's yeah. calling herself. Uh, mm -hmm. she, she says she has different jobs. She goes into like basically different personas. At at what point she's mm -hmm. talking about being a film critic, and she quotes uh, criticism for a film uh, yeah. for um, a Robert Altman movie, I think. Uh, yeah. No, no, the Casa Vetes movie. Yeah, a woman under the influence. Yes, yes. Now I remember. Yes, um, it's, uh, I think it's Pauline Kale's review. Yes, yeah. Uh, just guessing based off of because the way she performs it, I think, is very similar to how Pauline Kale talks. <laughs> just I was like, oh, that's Pauline Kale immediately. And um, earlier in the movie, we see a book uh, that's written by Pauline Kale. <laughs> Actually, yeah. so um, so Kaufman gives a gives like. Uh, gives clues and you can just like fill it out uh, in your mind yeah. so so she's playing basically that mix of all these relationships um while his mind is kind of falling apart and the perception of the reason why the perception of time and the the characters and the surrealist nature of what is going on um is because it's it's all in his mind but mm -hmm. Uh, th this is what like the book is about more than what the movie is about. <laughs> I think re just reading right. more about it, like the book is kind of a, a thriller, and this is like the big reveal at the end. Mm -hmm. This movie is more about uh, just the nature of relationships and uh, right. uh, and like people saying in them and like you see all uh, characters and her different personalities commenting on what relationship ours are and why why is she still in this why are we forcing ourselves to do this again and again and it's i think it's kaufman uh mm -hmm. struggling himself with like with past relationships and what the do they mean for him uh, mm -hmm. uh I, I think that's how i interpreted it for me that's like the the yeah. center of the movie is this like the 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 story of the old man in his mind is more uh, just a device to tell that to to show what he uh, how he right. feels, I guess. Yeah, but it, again, at the, at the same time, like he does a, I think he does a perfectly good job of like putting all that there so that you could come to that conclusion on your own. Um, oh, yeah, because uh, I mean that wasn't that wouldn't have been my conclusion because I didn't have a solid like. Oh, well, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of went with what you're talking about with the, you know, the emotional story of it all. Yes. I was like completely comfortable with just accepting that part of it. But 
that explanation for what's you know happening in quotes um that's completely there and it's all it's all very well put together um, yes yeah yeah but the i think the the performances are just i think the real focus of the movie and that script like you're saying like it's it's how they play these characters and it's more than just you know uh person to person relationships in that way it's also like the way that your legacy plays into it and your parents and how they affect who you are that yes. is also heavy in the movie um and it's interesting that i think he does a fantastic do- job of balancing both things um and balancing what um, degree to which they have an effect on who you are as a person. Um, And that's all there while, again, that central point of, you know, what, yeah, just (laughs) of what relationships are about in general. Yes, Uh, yeah, relationships uh, not being limited to just, like, uh, this type of relationship we all you're right we also get the relationship with his parents and uh, the very different there's very different nature the kind of uh, caricature uh, caricatural nature um and uh it's it's uh it's it's just it just all work in that way and you can again you can feel the uh, the, the weight and what he's trying to uh, say through like showing the the mm-hmm. difficult relationship he has with his par- the, the parents the difficulty they have to connect uh, mm-hmm. but also like uh, the legacy of them in him uh, yeah. like you said it's, it's it's really well done both in terms of script and in terms of performance you can feel like uh, yeah. just the being like influenced by um, by both uh, his parents' performances, and yeah, the performances are incredible. I say, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. Jesse Plemons, especially, I think, is just a, mm-hmm. an amazing actor. Um, just can't wait to see what this guy does when he's older. He remind, reminds me a lot of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in the best way, in his like intensity, yeah. um, and. Uh, uh, Jesse Buckley also. I, I I didn't see her in much, but like this in this, she's uh, so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they're just both so great. Um, like, and again, I think the the, the small little details um, in this movie really, tell, you know, like the way that he reacts to his mother's nickname for him. Like yes, that I feel like any. Any uh, any person who has had a nickname like that that just sticks around long after its uh, expiration date, uh, I think we all know that feeling. Um, but uh, again, like that has uh, a larger indication of who he is as a person, the way he uh, reacts when he feels frustrated in the car. Um, but that's again, that becomes like a larger explanation of who of him and how he reacts in relationships with yes. people um yeah it's just it's all it's all very just well done um and then charlie kaufman's um i think he's one of the, he's like a master of dream logic i think and i and i feel there are many different ways to take that but i mean like the way dreams really feel when you're in them i feel like there's a cartoony version of that and there's a realistic version of that um like just the ways that you feel when you realize that the paintings that she was showing on her phone are actual paintings. Like, I feel like that's a moment I've had in a dream where I realize that a detail from that dream that I'm accepting as reality is just another detail from my real life recreated. Um, and that just all of that, that just feels so perfect. And again, it goes so well with, you know, what you said was the actual, I guess, book explanation for what's going on. Um, it just fits so, so well. <laughs> uh, yeah, Charlie Kaufman's great. Um, <laughs> that wasn't clear. Yes, yes. Um, uh, um, one thing I, I, I think uh, I really like is also that we didn't have mentioned is this film just visually looks uh, yeah. incredible. It's filmed in 4 by 3 It's shot by... Um, Lukash uh, Zal, 
uh, who shot Cold War. I don't know if you saw that movie. Um, it was nominated. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a movie I, I really, really love, but also that was also shot beautifully. And he, mm-hmm. again, this this looks incredible. Uh, yeah. uh, the 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 four by three really works at just like yeah. keeping you like centers centered, um, and also like kind of also works with the dream lot dream like nature of like what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it. Like it's a movie that a large chunk of it is actually spent with them sitting in a car, um, but it's still extremely engaging. Um, he really knows how to like shoot both of them and make yeah. them seem like uh, very easy to just pay attention to. Um, yeah, it's just very seamless. Yeah. Um, and in those sequences. <clears throat> and it's it's very interesting how the car doesn't match what she's saying like like she's yeah. talking about like oh at, at the beginning especially it's like oh we're we're perfect together or like she he's like oh he's so lovely and we match and we have this connection uh it starts out like this but then when you see them actually together in the car even in those first scenes there's so there's such a large space between them and it, mm-hmm. it feels uh I don't know. It, it's it could be. Uh, it, it it's part of it is. I think the the time in the relationship and they haven't been t- together that long. Mm-hmm. But the way she describes them having a connection and it feels like they have no connection where they, when they're talking, mm-hmm. it's it's the dichotomy um, and the separation between like what her conversation uh, and her narration um, just really works at keeping you all in in those car scenes and uh and kind of creates a real like tension in what's going on and what's uh and what uh, she, uh the movie is telling you like what she's telling you mm-hmm. yeah it's um yeah and it again like it it lets you know early that things are a little bit off because yeah. of, again like i feel like it's fairly easy to recognize uh, that what she's saying in no way matches what's going on, and there's there's a lot of that in the movie. If the movie telling you one thing through the voiceover and showing you something completely different, um, and I think it's all very well synchronized. Um, and that, again, like that's another way uh, in which I think Charlie Kaufman uh, really is really good at handling good emotional storytelling, but also like I guess. Um, like technical stuff, like through technique, also like he's good at both things. At like playing on that sort of e- on the easy grooves of your soul, <laughs> and like getting in there, but also like mathematically um, adding things up to like good story structure and th- just yeah, just he he plays on all levels. Um, and in it's very easy to recognize early on in the movie. Um, yeah, just everything about their their relationship and the way that it changes, yet it still feels consistent, um, is, I feel like that's very hard to do. Um, and the way that their energies stay balanced, um, especially in those car rides, where there's that scene where they're driving back, where things take a lot of 180s in terms of who is like the person you're paying attention to, um, you know, from the from her doing the Pauline Kale lines to the moments where he sort of takes over. Um, again, it feels consistent, but it still feels it still has that dichotomous aspect to it. Yeah, agreed. Um... <laughs> I don't feel like I have much more to to say. We we really got into it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really good. You should watch this movie if you haven't. It's like, um, yeah, I think it's my favorite movie of the year. Uh, I don't think anything comes close. But uh, I mean, because of the nature of this year, it's definitely yes. going to be in my top ten. Yes. I guess. Oh yeah, this um, year. Yeah. Yeah, also, I mean, this is a, a very much a me note. Uh, it was a nice little uh, a, a, a mousse-bouche uh, leading up to Fargo, 
so many Fargo actors are in this, and uh, soon to be Fargo actors. Uh, so uh, yeah, it was a nice little uh, uh, you know refresher. Uh, made me want to rewatch the Jesse Plemons season, <laughs> the David Thewlis season, uh, and uh, I'm excited to see Jesse Buckley uh, be, I think, the lead of the next season. So yeah, that'll be that'll be something. Um, so yeah, I think that's all I really need to say. Uh, so you had some stuff that was like, okay, <laughs> that you wanted to talk about. Uh, so do we want to do that, or do you want to go to some other? Yeah, let's let's go in complete opposite direction. So I don't, yeah. I haven't been watching many movies or television, but I'll get into stuff later. But um, yeah. the main thing I've been watching uh, these days is uh, sports. Uh, and we are into sports podcasts. I won't get into things like uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, just like hockey came back like a mm-hmm. month or so ago, uh, right. a month and a half, or maybe like, like hockey came back mid August, so like a month ish mm-hmm. ago. Um, right. And my team, the Montreal Canadiens, did really, really well. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that well, but like much better than expected. <laughs> like they they eliminated a team that was uh, much better than them, and oh. uh, like had that then had a good series against uh, one of the best team in their division, uh, but lost. Uh, oh. uh, they were they were the last team to make the playoffs. Like they was a cutoff, and they were the twelfth out of twelve. So uh, a lot better than expected, uh, I'd say, and like great looking, mm-hmm. great for looking, for, great for the future years because there's a lot of young players. But I won't get into that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get into like the how sports, just watching sports in general, kind of uh, just just following my team and being able mm-hmm. to root for them and watching something that I had no uh critical analysis of no nothing mm-hmm. i was just like watching a thing and then rooting for it and like being happy or sad giving given emotion but without any and then the, the game is done and i i do something else and that's it uh mm-hmm. i felt especially when they were winning it felt really good and even now I, i'm still watching hockey i'm watching some basketball which i don't usually do but it's it's so nice to have like something that feels normal that I can put in the background, that I can choose a team to root for, that can just put me in a, a good mood or keeps me invested, and then I don't read that I don't carry with me. It doesn't. It never feels like sometimes, like starting uh, watching. I'm thinking of editing things. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like okay, I have to start this two hour and fifteen minutes movie that I know is gonna just like keep me engaged and I'll think about yeah. it for weeks after, which I've been doing. Uh, but mm-hmm. sometimes I only want to put the game on and just like sit down on yeah. my couch and eat popcorn and drink a beer. And it feels pretty good. And I, I yeah. that, that's that's been just like very nice for me, especially the last couple of weeks I've been working <laughs> awful hours and yeah. this like sports, sports are good. Uh, I won't get into like who's doing well and all that. I don't, who cares? But just like finding a sport you like and just mm-hmm. like sitting down and watching, especially now where nothing feels like normal. Like even there, there's no one, there's no fans in the crowd and all that. I, I don't really care. Just watching right. people be good at something is just really nice, right? It's like the same yeah. appeal that like. People being cooking shows can have or uh, mm. anything to that extent. It's just like watching someone be uh, just do something really well, but also at the same time the uh, the other invest the, the fact that you can be invested in it uh, in a way that uh, you can't really in uh, most things. Like it's it's yeah. like a, it's like it's it's just. Uh, the perfect relaxing tool I think I found in the last few weeks. So I, I haven't been watching much, uh, but yeah, sports. <laughs> For more sports, yeah. uh, go listen to the uh, Garfunkel and Oates song, uh, Sports Go Sports, uh, and uh, listen to <laughs> License to Pod. <laughs> where we uh, talked about sports as well. Oh yeah, we, we did um, talk about winter sports on this most recent <laughs> episode. Go listen yeah. to that. Do you have? Do you watch any sport at all, or do you care, or not? Not particularly. It's it's weird for me. I know, 
like even people who I know of who are like very geeky and very much in our circle, most of them even like they have at least one sport. Like I think Hunter Davenport, for example, is a. I think he's very much into baseball, um, if memory serves. Um, but it's weird. I just don't. I don't have like even a token sport that I'm really into. Um, yeah, it's it's strange for me, but I. I'm always like, oh, that's cool for you. Like when somebody tells me that their favorite team won, I'm like, good. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <laughs> it's really strange. It's like, um, you know, if you're somebody who's never going to have who or doesn't plan to have a child at some point, but somebody tells you that they're pregnant <laughs> or they're going to have a child, you're like, great. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's, um, it's it's nice to just be happy for someone. <laughs> right. It's like I'm so I'm so glad that that worked. That that's that that's something that's giving you joy. Yeah, like yeah, I haven't had a lot of that kind of that is the thing though. This quarantine is like it's up until very recently it's pushed me to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to watch the things that I like um or things that interest me. Um, but my like, I guess relaxation thing, like end of the day thing, has been rewatching a show that I know I've talked about other places, maybe or maybe just online in general. Um, I've been rewatching the show called Good Eats, um, hosted uh, hosted by Alton Brown, because the whole show is on this like twenty dollar cable subscription thing replacement called philo here in america i don't even know if that's a thing no i never heard that word <laughs> uh it's probably not um and i've i think i've watched all of it like twice now since quarantine um skipping around of course episodes that aren't that interesting and like that's been the thing that helps me get to sleep at night because it's comforting um like hot chocolate <laughs> kind of um and i don't yeah that's like the closest thing i can think of that's even similar to that um because i've watched most of these episodes before and i can't say that i could do most of the recipes but i can like think about them <laughs> i can be like oh okay yeah that's how i would probably want to do that or how i would think that you would do that um and it's just like oh Oh, awesome! He's making a, a lemon pie. Oh, huh, huh. I'd never, I would never eat that key lime pie. But you know what? That's that looks good. That looks fine. <laughs> I would love to make a meringue someday. A meringue sounds nice. Um, we've gone very far off the rails, and I don't care. Um, yeah. It's Friday. Of, I'm drinking bourbon yeah. again. It's fine. <laughs> Speaking of things that are off the rails, um, so I watched a movie, a movie from the Netherlands, a Dutch film, um, uh, directed uh, by a man named Dick Moss. Um, oh. A plus. A plus. Um, <laughs> uh, great name. Uh, and this movie, it goes by a couple different names, but the one on Shudder is Prey. Um, and Prey is a movie about a giant CG lion um, that is loose in Amsterdam. Um, and it's exactly the kind of movie that you think it is. Um, but it's hyper-violent. Uh, and this <laughs> this lion messes some people up. Uh, in fantastic ways, um, but it's just a lion doing doing what lions do, um, eating Dutch people, <laughs> <laughs> as lions have been doing <laughs> since the Dutch started their conquest of South Africa. Um, it's but yeah, no, it's a it's a very fun movie that is currently on Shutter. Uh, there's a third act character who shows up who is a British man who rides like one of those um motor wheelchairs but it has like tank treads um and he's the lion expert that they bring in to help them hunt the lion um and he's fantastic the whole movie suddenly changes to an English language movie the moment that he shows up um which was perfect because <laughs> that was the exact moment where I was too drunk to watch a movie that was in Dutch <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> it was also after a a scene where the lion makes it onto a bus. Um, and I'll just let your head just fill in what happens there. Um, it's not good things. <laughs> um, I haven't watched this movie, but I feel like a bus of people could beat a lion. If you they had you to. would be surprised. <laughs> this lion manages to sneak up on a lot of people. Um, you know, the, the Metal Gear Solid music is playing uh, <laughs> while he's on this bus. Um, but it, yeah, it's it's a lot of like shots of bushes, and then you like hear a lion growl, and the lion like eats somebody. Um, like the li- this li- these lions lion sneaks up on a lot of people in this movie. It really it's it's impressive actually. Um, this lion should join a intelligence agency as a high level officer. <laughs> <laughs> Because his stealth skills are amazing, um, it's a yeah, it's just a very fun movie, great for uh, a, a drunken night of watching horror movies. Immediately after, no, actually, it wasn't a long, uh, a Phantom Zone that I recorded last weekend, um, that I remember being much longer than it was, <laughs> but it was a it was a good time, and uh, I do recommend it. I I watched it fully expecting to be like. All right. Well, that was that was what the poster suggested, but it's it's actually pretty fun, and it's I wouldn't say that it's a bad movie. It's a lot of like the tropes, I guess, that you expect from a giant animal movie. Um, but a lot of the leads are pretty good. Uh, the the lead zoologist expert character, uh, she's interesting, um, and it made me curious to try out other movies that some of these actors have been in. Um, because yeah, a lot of it's really well done. Um, and now also the director of this is also the producer, the writer, and the composer. <laughs> and the score is pretty solid. Uh, I haven't looked up Dick Moss, but I would imagine he he started in music because it's 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 a it's as good of a score as I've heard in in a in a recent movie uh in a while so yeah um check that out pray if that so, has any interest in it for anybody so i'm looking at his history of directing and it includes uh, uh adventures of young indiana jones thing ah. um <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah a bunch of weird stuff uh for a long over a long period of time over like uh Oh wow! Okay, so this is an older director than I thought he was. Yeah, like eighty-eight movie uh, he directed. Yeah, no, it's he's he's uh, very prolific. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he just released a documentary called The Dick Moss Method, which very good name. Oh, there's a documentary on him. Oh so, well, yeah, I I need to watch that now. Uh, the man behind the Dutch. on IMDb is perfect. Uh, <laughs> oh God! I'm gonna yeah. Put that and in anyway, <laughs> this is yeah. The, do you, I, I don't know if you have a transition from that, but uh, I do expect a comparison. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not seeing this picture. Uh, I do expect <laughs> a comparison between this movie and the movie uh, where. Um, What's her name? Fights a lion. We talked oh, yes. about. Yeah. Yes, the Megan Fox lion. Megan Fox versus the lion. I, I want to hear a comparison next time you record one of those after well, uh, post so, so movie <laughs> Right. The movie I will watch probably before then is the Nick Cage trapped on a boat with a leopard movie. Um, is that out? Is that new? Yes, right? that is out. And here, here it's on Hulu and Amazon. Uh, so, if you're in America, there's no reason not to watch it. Uh, <laughs> so I will I will come back here with a review of that movie because nice. that's that that's going to be special. <laughs> um, nice. Um, so, in the in, in the same vibe of you watching this movie, I watched. Uh, so I, when I get home uh, after mm. a few drinks. 
I like uh, going on the Criterion channel and putting a weird older movie that I most of the time I, I just watch like 15 minutes or mm. I, I end up on something good. I like watching like samurai movies this way, uh, especially yeah. like the not like not non Kurosawa ones, like the ones that are don't take themselves too seriously, but are like fun action movies. Right. Uh, but the other day, uh, in front of and in, in, on my homepage of the Criterion Channel was uh, uh, 30s classic uh, Marx Brothers movie Duck Soup, uh, and I watched Duck Soup at like 2 a.m. after a few drinks, and I had a really good time. I have to say, Duck Soup is it's it's like one of those like comedy classics. I had never seen, I think, a Marx Brothers movie. I haven't really went into like uh, those early like 20s 30s comedies except like watching a bunch of charlie Chaplin in school i don't know if it's something that's done in the u.s but here uh, in school you watch you end up watching like at least three charlie Chaplin movies um and i i'm pretty sure like most of my friends have watched those same movies in school it's like something easy that the teacher can put on and then talked about the industrial revolution or talked about the second world war uh whatever mm. but yeah. yeah yeah um so yeah this this was uh pretty good yeah. funny not, like not laugh out loud funny uh maybe uh, I laughed more than I would have with all the drinks, but but still a uh, pretty good time. I just it's just like a kind of a, it fe still feels a, a funny, smart uh, criticism of like power and like uh, early thirties politics uh, in uh, Europe uh, made by Americans. It, it's pretty good. It's like just like yeah. very watchable, and Marx Brothers himself in it are just. Some fun uh, physical gags, but I, I think a lot of the most fun stuff is just a relationship and like uh, him, the the main character saying just the dumbest things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I watched this movie <laughs> at some point. I don't. I don't remember this. I know why I watched it. It was in preparation for listening to a. Um, I can't remember the name of uh, the podcast. Um, Amy Nicholson's most recent film podcast with uh, I, I can't remember the other Paul Shear's yeah. name. Paul it's the podcast where they do like the AFI 100 movies, right? Yes, yes. This is back when I was still listening to that show, like uh, you know, religiously almost. Yeah. Um, I think that's why I was watching this. Um, and I'm looking at my review. I think it was just that it's the kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> where um when i was like nine it would have been my favorite thing on earth like it it's something that i would still be talking about now um a lot of it just felt like all right uh, yeah okay and i think it's just my brain as sort of a comedy fan i'm like okay i, I know this bit I, yeah i'm gonna the punchline is gonna come here so i think i was just watching it a little bit too technically and that's the problem I had just watching any Marx Brothers stuff that I tried out. But I'm very happy that you had a good time with it. Um, I feel like you watched it the right way. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I also, yeah. Yeah. I feel like if I had watched it at the same time, like I have this, uh, uh, I could have had the same attachment I do for this and I do for those Charlie Chaplin movies that I just like really like because I watched The Great Detector like four or five times in my younger years. And it's, it's, uh, uh, like it's something my parents I think put on and I didn't I watch it at school and then it's just like it just becomes a uh, one of my favorite movies when you're a child and um, uh, it's it's crazy I, and I grew up on like some older comedies um, mm -hmm. especially French comedy like Chaplin movies yes but uh, a lot of uh, the French comedies of like the 70s that mm. are super inspired by this like they feel like right. just a just a more modern version of this kind of movie this kind of mm -hmm. jokes like talk fast this kind of physical humor a bit dumb but not mm -hmm. like uh completely just like uh dumb and dumber dumb dumb mm -hmm. <laughs> uh yeah so I, I grew up on like louis de finesse movies um i watched a few when i was younger so this felt like in that vein so it was easy to just like 
Yeah. It, it was very watchable. I could have watched this. I think there's two moments where I can watch a movie like this. It's <laughs> after a few drinks or the next day in the morning when I don't want to think a lot. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and and yeah. this, this one was uh, uh, at the end of the night. And it, it, yeah. it was pretty great. Uh, I recommend. I I'd recommend it. It's a, like a fun thing to watch. It's like an hour long, and it's just mm-hmm. jokes. Um, yeah, yeah. I I second that. I will probably I will probably just sit down and watch a bunch of Marx Brothers stuff the next time I have a, a chance. And then with on Chaplin, um, I haven't watched a lot of Chaplin, but what I have seen, I very much enjoyed. Um, I've watched a lot of shorts. Uh, he was somebody that I was shown in my like high school film production class when we were talking about silent movies and like the production side of those movies. Um, and so yeah, there was he was a big part of the education in that field, and a lot of and him and I think Buster Keaton is yeah. is the name I'm thinking of. Yes. Um, speaking of Buster Keaton. Despite some of the plot stuff in the general, the general is a delightful movie to watch if you ignore what it's about. Um, I highly recommend that. Yeah, that's um, my next one of those to watch. Yeah, it's, uh, I haven't, it's I haven't... fun. It's it's basically Max Ma- Mad Max Fury Road uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in black and white. Uh, I mean, to the to the point where the plot is. Uh, a train is going in one direction and at one point the train has to go in the opposite direction um uh yeah it's but it's fantastic and uh, buster keaton's physical performance is great in that um so yeah that's that's awesome. uh, uh, yeah, we'll probably we'll maybe end up doing some silent film stuff. It's pretty harder to talk about. I feel like Chaplin is yeah. one that uh, we could like over I don't know um, a few mm-hmm. a couple of months just watch a few things and just talk about him in general. Yeah. Um, he's worth like getting into. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah fun time. Um, so what else have you been watching? Because your your later your later box is a lot more full than mine, so yeah. Um, I think I'll end on I'll end on the Killer Elite, um, uh, which is a, a movie I watched sometime in the last week. I don't remember exactly when. Uh, starring uh, James Caan and Robert Duvall, um, <laughs> which I'm sure is a surprise to no one. Uh, directed by Sam Peckinpah. Um, and it's, it's, it's a pretty solid, uh, not really an action movie and not really a spy movie. I don't actually know where to, where to qualify, uh, qualify. I guess it would be like a, a spy thriller, um, comedy. (laughs) Uh, that's that's the best way I can describe it. Like, it's almost a dark comedy in parts. Um, because it has a very um, uh, a, a dark um, perspective on the nature of, uh, I guess, bureaucracy, but also just like the way that um, just how organizations function. But it's about assassins <laughs> and espionage. Um, and if you're watching it as a comedy, uh, it's. I would imagine it's pretty, pretty funny. I wasn't watching it as a comedy at first, but once I realized it was, uh, a lot of it makes a lot more sense. Um, but it's also pretty full of action and spectacle. Um, but again, like thriller feels like the tone that it's going for. Um, there's a lot of stuff in it that feels a little bit weird um, that I'm not really sure how I feel. Um, it's to the point where I just can't really say anything definitive about it. Um, there's some stuff that's like, huh, that's interesting. Uh, that that's the, what the perspective was at the time. Uh, ninjas play a big part in the last third of the movie, um, which I did not expect. <laughs> um, and uh, the 1975 perspective of ninjas is very far off from the perspective of ninjas in 1985 where they're almost played off as like a joke. Um, 
in this movie. It's it's a laugh that one of the supporting characters who played the wizard in Conan the Barbarian, when he goes off to have like a big showdown with another guy who's a ninja, uh, the James Conn character's like, what are you doing? <laughs> What the fuck is this? What are, <laughs> you're just gonna have a match to the death? Um, like his reaction is very. Uh, I don't understand what what is this, Anna? What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, James Con, uh, for my bad impression of you. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very weird movie at the end. Um, but James Con does a good has a very good performance in the movie, as does Robert Duvall. Um, yeah, it's a strange movie. I don't know if I recommend it unless you're like very into Peck and Paw or you're like a somebody who like me has kind of become obsessed with James Caan and the fact that he was ever a leading man. <laughs> um <laughs> and I say that as the biggest fan of Thief on Earth. Um so yeah, uh a movie maybe people should watch. Maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> um but yeah. Uh, that was a good time. Cool. I I need to watch some Peck and Paw movie. I think before this, because I don't. I, I was looking at this filmography. I don't think I've seen. I, I haven't even seen uh, uh, the Getaway. Is probably the one that's on that I heard the most about, and the Wild Bunch, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I sounds interesting. I like James Gunn a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, in large part because of you sharing your love of thief with me, yeah. Uh, yeah so maybe sounds like if if I see this movie on Amazon and I don't know what to watch and I want like a seventies movie, I just I'll. It, yeah. it sounds like enough of a good time. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, a good pick on that level, I guess. If you're like me and you just go to seventies movies a lot as like your background pick, I guess, or just a yeah. It's a maybe it's a good one to check out. Um, so yeah. Uh, um, did you have another thing? Yeah, I I recently started a long term project of oh. um. So I I listened to a, a, a podcast called uh, multiple podcasts on a podcast network called Abnormal Mapping, who started out as a video game thing, and now oh. they do like movies and they do like a bunch of stuff, but uh. What's become their most popular podcast is something called the Great Gundam Project, who th- that they started in like 2017, I think, of watching uh, every single Gundam thing, uh, oh, no. two episodes a week, <laughs> and now they. Uh, so I think when they started, it would uh, they it would take them like seven years. Uh, to right. watch everything, and they're like three years in, like they've been doing it. And oh, oh, like the, yeah, it, yeah. No, they, they're still doing it, and I. It's like their most popular thing. It's a Patreon show, so they'll do it forever, probably. Uh, and I've been supporting them on Patreon because I really like their stuff. I I mm-hmm. recommend it. I highly recommend it. Um, and I've always like, I, and I've always been curious about that Gundam thing, but I've never watched. I haven't mm-hmm. I, the old the. I haven't really gotten into older anime uh, mm. at all uh, until like uh, recently, where I watched um, what's the name of that show? I think I talked about it on this show actually. Mm. Uh, give me one second. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about too. Um, what was that called? Uh, okay, a dirty pair. Yeah, dirty pair, which is like an. Eighties show that's like uh, basically the ancestor of Cowboy Bebop. It's like a more comedy Cowboy Bebop. Uh, very, very, very good show. High like action comedy at his at its best in anime. Um, so I decided. Uh, so I've been watching Gundam. I'm like twelve episodes in now of the first Gundam show, the seventy nine. Oh, no. uh, and uh, one is pretty good. Like it's. Right. It's uh, have you I watched imagine. them? <laughs> so, I, so this is a this is a constant topic of mine. I only know G Gundam or Gundam G, depending on how you want to okay. pronounce it. 
which has nothing to do with the rest of Gundam. It's completely removed from G. And this is where the uh, the After Dark episode, um, God Damn It Japan, comes from. <laughs> Um, uh, which the cover is a giant space station, which is a cactus and a sombrero. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> because, god damn it, Japan. Um, yeah, that's my only exposure, which is just this like weird Dragon Ball Z tournament thing version of Gundam, where they just remove all like the the story of it all. It's a completely different thing. Uh, Gundams are like everywhere every country has a gundam uh there's a dutch gundam who is a windmill um okay it's not the same show i'm watching at all Um, no it's completely different so that's my only exposure to gundam outside of like catching a few episodes here and there trying to get into it and being like this is not the same thing so i've always been kind of in intimidated by it um yeah yeah <laughs> like so, very intimidating so, so gundam 79 they, they use the year because that's like the easiest way so it started in 79 so uh mm-hmm. so gundam 0079 uh, is yeah. about uh basically so the show begins and it's like half of humanity has been wiped out in a war between earth and its colonies um and it's a show about like war and child soldiers and imperialism right. and just like the fuck up nature of like <laughs> colonies wanting independence and uh Gundams are nuclear weapons basically and it's like a super serious su- like su- uh, yeah uh, it takes a while to get started but like I've watched a couple of episodes that are mm-hmm. just very good and like I'm kind of um uh, saying what the show is about at its best like it's also like about like uh, it's about children being put into military roles and trying to just like mm-hmm. get through it uh but it's it's pretty good and i'm 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 in and I, i've been like listening to the podcast like watching listening to the podcast uh it's been a good show to just like uh watch in bed uh at the end of the day and it's mm-hmm. like uh it's it's pretty good like it's it's so you're just a good show um and i haven't i don't have much experience with uh mecha anime uh i did watch eva last year when it came out on netflix and uh eva is uh, i don't know uh great sometimes but i don't think holds up overall and end of eva is like one of the worst movies i've ever seen uh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know how much you agree about that on me. So, I, but it's so interesting to go back to what feels like the roots and see like mm-hmm. how this, how like, um, what Gundam and giant robots actually represent in this show that feels uh, incredibly relevant even today. The more I'm getting into it, the more it. it feels like uh, it talks about uh, just universal uh, themes of just of imperialism especially yeah <laughs> um, yeah um, that sounds interesting um, yeah I'll probably check it out at some point <laughs> I'll, I'll give I'll give a follow-up when I'm done with the first season I think it's like right. 50 ish 40 or 50 episodes so it'll be in a couple of months but uh, for now uh Gundams holds yeah. up to what I thought it would be um mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and the more like the more older anime I watch the more mm-hmm. I like to get in it's it's nice also to get into like older shows like this because mm-hmm. you can easily find the best because just right. it's been so long only just the the most popular and the best have renamed in culture mm-hmm. and uh like like finding something like dirty pair felt like finding a gem and this this mm-hmm. feels like watching history in a way yeah. uh the show that i heard about that i think you 
if you ever want to watch other anime that I think would fit your uh, mm-hmm. taste is a show called uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, uh, which is a, lo- a pretty long show. I think it's like, uh, I don't know, like something in between like 50, maybe 50-ish episode, 70-ish episode. It's not like something like that has been running mm-hmm. forever, like, kind of, but it's, it's a very... Uh, uh, science uh, science fiction space politics uh, mm. war between nations show but with uh, uh, where like a lot of those uh, nations leaders represent like historical figures in a way but not in like character but mm. more in terms of political strategy and war strategy and that's like the right. center of the show and I feel like that's like I'll probably get into. I want to finish that first season of Gundam, and I think right. I, I, maybe that's my next thing. Before, like, I don't think I can watch Gundam every week for like seven years, like they're doing on that show. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be tiring. Um, like I, I think about watching things that I like that I already know that I enjoy yeah. uh, to that degree, and I'm like, no thanks. Um, like the, <laughs> like the James Bond thing that we're already doing. I'm like, I could get tired of this if I had to do this like every week. Uh, if this was like a, a, a five year commitment, um, I, I could be over this. Yeah, if there was a hundred Bond movies and we were right. doing like two a month for, <laughs> for like, uh, for like four years, uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I would, I couldn't, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be a no for, for me. Um, but yeah, looking up this, uh, the galactic that's it looks interesting. That's the thing, like a lot of Gundam and this show, um, a lot of it does appeal to certain things in me. Like, I, I, I have kind of like a, a military uniform fetish, I guess. <laughs> um, so like, there's that aspect, and like, you know, I mean, that's one of my favorite things about the star wars is is like on both sides the uniforms are always very well put together <laughs> i'm like i don't understand how the ranks work but i'm <laughs> but they seem to they seem to function pretty well um so yeah like that stuff appeals to me i i like sci-fi that kind of takes itself a little bit seriously but is able to go a little bit goofy so yeah i probably will watch at least some of this i i'm curious to hear your full review of yeah. the original Gundam because it's something that i've circled for a long time but it it does feel like it feels like just getting into something way too big um without having enough context um even though i know the very broad strokes because i have watched recently like a couple episodes of a, a recent show that's on Netflix in its entirety, Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn, um, which seems to be pretty standalone, but there are still moments where I'm like, I don't understand half of what these people <laughs> have just said. <laughs> They're referencing events that happen in this show's continuity that are completely, like, just nothing to me. It's it's like if somebody was speaking to me uh, in Mandarin. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, it's a... Interesting. Um, I'm curious, but yeah, again, curious what you will say after after you're a little bit yeah. deeper. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll uh, give a full review uh, eventually <laughs> um, when I when I am done with that original run. But I, it's it's nice. I, I think I, I I've been looking for like a project of mm. uh, anime or, or something, just like a, a project that's like easy to watch and i don't feel bad because when i i i kind of i'm the kind of person that feels bad when i'm not watching something on my tv uh when i'm watching on a laptop or a tablet uh especially when it's like movies i can't not watch on a tv uh but yeah, uh, uh, an old anime where like there's, it's probably is gonna look worse on a bigger screen. Uh, right. It feels like the right way to watch that. So, uh, anime has been like the the thing I can watch like in bed before going. Uh, instead, a nice where I don't want to read a book. Uh, so uh, yeah, this this feels like the right show now. 
And having having a podcast, I really like talking about it every, after after a couple of episodes uh, is also pretty good motivation. Yeah, that that, that helps. That, that goes a long way. Uh, licensed pod everywhere where podcasts are found. Uh, <laughs> Uh yeah. Um I think I'm ready to wrap up if you're ready to, yes. if you need to... Uh yeah, uh, I'm ready. Um uh thank you for listening. You can uh write us an email on what you think about Gundam uh, at uh <laughs> podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at me at ECR if you have uh, uh 80s and 70s anime recommendation. Right. Um uh, speaking of uniforms, you can do your plugs, but I, I'm gonna <laughs> add an image to the chat about the main antagonist in that first show, and uh, I think you're gonna <laughs> like it. Oh my! <laughs> I I can't even describe the things. Wow, that so, is. So yeah, you can just Google Char Gundam C H A R. Uh, and you can see what uh, Erlin is looking at now. And Char is so a, many things going a on. very There's... good character, uh, a very good antagonist. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. Um, uh, just to add to the email request, um, uh, those who have seen G Gundam, or those who haven't seen G Gundam, uh, tell us your favorite racist G Gundam Gundam. Because uh, <laughs> there are a lot of those. Um, the Greek Gundam is uh zeus riding a horse or riding pegasus uh it's fantastic it's really fantastic um so, so oh tell God. us your favorite um yeah g gundam uh, perfect apex of japanese racism uh, <laughs> uh so yeah uh go go do that uh and uh if you're not uh, a listener of uh the phantom zone um go check that out uh, new episode should be up pretty soon. We're definitely going to be doing a new show, so that might be out around the same time that this is up. Um, also, I am going to be on Movie Dumpster again, uh, and this time my audio will not sound like it's being recorded <laughs> from inside of a dumpster. Um, so uh, don't listen to that first episode that I did, and just listen to this new one when it comes out. Uh, so yeah, uh, check that out. Uh, let me know what you think of that episode, which is going to be something, because for those that do pay attention to that show, uh, Joe Scola challenged me uh, to a, uh, a sparring match over the television series Teen Wolf. Uh, and those who know me know I will not back down. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that, that's my plugs. And, uh, I think we're, I think we're out of here. Uh, goodbye. Bye. It's-